0: Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching, just like the title says. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. I'm also the author of Weird, Crude, Funny and Nude, The Bible Exposed, the very best book that I have ever written. For more information about my book or to see what else I've been up to, go to my website, tomfrench.com.au. And with that, let's get on with the talk.
1: All right, so this, this book, the Bible, uh, it is probably the most inspirational book ever written. Like if you want to be inspired, if you, know, you want to know, you want some like excitement for your day, if you're feeling a bit down and you want motivation, then you can turn to this book and it will give you what you need to continue on in your life. And I spent some time trying to figure out what was some motivation that I could give you guys tonight to inspire you from God's Word so that you can leave here with all the maximum Bible power that you can have. And so let me show you. And I want you to think about if you've got... uh, if If this is a word of inspiration for you. So the first one that we have, you want to stick it up on the screen. There it is. Here it is, a famous one. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. If you are one of those people who's like, I need hope, I need a future, I want the, that prosperity, then look, take that inspiration for yourself. Who wants to be more inspired? Let's have another one. What about this one? Here is a very inspirational verse. Now, of Havad, son of Heha the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh had no sons, but only daughters whose names were Malah, Noah, Hoglah, Micah, and Tizah. Joshua 17.3. Who feels the inspiration tonight? Yeah. yeah. Because what you needed to know so that you can go out there and live your best life is that Zelophefah, son of Hepha, had no sons, but only daughters, one of whose name was Hogla, which you can remember, if you ever have a daughter, you can be inspired to call her Hogla. There you go. Great inspiration. Are you ready for the next one? Here's some more inspira- inspiration. Bake your bread over cow dung instead of human excrement. Yes. So I wanna know, maybe you, maybe you have been cooking your bread all wrong. Maybe you've been at home and you've been like, "Mom, Dad, I need more poop because we can't cook the bread. And you need to know that you don't need your poop. You can go and collect your dog's poop. Or you can collect your cat's poop. You can cook your bread over any poop that you want. Are you inspired, ladies and gentlemen? All right. Are oh, you want one more inspiration? Yes, here we go. JL Heber's wife picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died. Now, let me me pause there. And I hope, I hope that none of you are inspired by that verse because I don't want anyone Putting a ten peg through someone's head. Now, if I can, uh, I know you all want to discuss all the inspiration you just got, but I have some more things for you. So obviously there's an issue with the Bible here is that we can't just turn to any part of it and suddenly find our inspiration from it. So maybe there's something else going on in the Bible. Maybe the fact is that the Bible is not just full of inspiration, but maybe actually it's got some instructions for us, that it tells us how we can live, and we can live the way that would make God happy. So I've, I've looked in the Bible and I've found some good things for us to do so that we can please God. So here is one that i found. You shall not murder. Pretty good. Yes. Sorry to disappoint one of you. Keep that person away from tent pegs. But this one is not too hard. It's not too hard to spend your life not murdering. So go out, don't murder, and God will like you. Okay, great. You ready for another one? Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You know, that's probably a little bit harder for some people, but in general, don't drink too much. That's a good message, a good life message. All right. Are you ready for another one? And another law for you, do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Just don't. When you get a goat, say I will cook it in a a different, maybe it's auntie's milk, or maybe, maybe it's cousin's milk, but definitely not in its mother's milk. Now that law, I might just wait for you guys. I know you love chatting. About these great laws. Now that law is is probably easy not to obey, not to disobey, because I'm guessing most of you aren't cooking goats, and most of you aren't milking the mum and then <laughs> cooking the goat in it. But it's a strange law, isn't it? And then let's do one more law for you. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. That's a little bit more difficult. See, what you have here. What you have here is you have a law that Jesus has given us, which is a little bit impossible to obey. And if you have to obey this and be perfect so that you make God love you, then you're going to be in trouble. So the Bible can't just be a bunch of inspiration, and it can't just be a bunch of laws for you to obey so that God will like you. And sometimes people say, well, actually, the Bible is a roadmap for life. We can go to the next slide. The roadmap for life it'll show you where to go and what decisions to make but it can't do that either because if you have an issue that you've got two people who want to marry you that might happen but how will you know which one to marry the bible won't say look marry marry julie not judy it won't do that or if you have a bigger decision to make like should i get an xbox or a playstation it's not going to answer that for you if you are if you're trying to decide what you're going to do at university when you leave school then the Bible isn't going to answer that question for you it isn't a roadmap for life so the question is what actually is the Bible here to do for us and so we're going to quickly look at a story from about Jesus where Jesus shows us a little bit about what the Bible is actually about and this is a story that happens after Jesus has died so he's He's been hanging out with his mates. He's taught them everything. And then he's gone to the cross and he's died on the cross. But then the amazing thing has happened that on the third day after he died, he's come back to life. And he's appeared to some of, his, some of the women who were, who were with him. And he appeared to some of the apostles, the disciples. And then here we're going to hear another story about a time when he appeared to some more people. This is from Luke chapter 24. From verse 13, it says this. from recognizing Him. So, what's happened is there's two disciples, they're a bit sad that Jesus, well, probably a lot sad that Jesus died, and they're walking along, having a chat, and then along comes Jesus beside them, and they look at Jesus, and they should know who He is, but they don't. They don't recognize him at all because one of the things that you notice in the Bible, when Jesus has come back to life, people are often kept from recognizing him, which means that when when Jesus is resurrected, he is so changed that he is unrecognizable either because he is just amazingly, gloriously different. Or it is a special skill that you get when you come back to life that you can change your appearance. And I'm going with that one. Because what the Bible promises us is that we get resurrected like Jesus, and I want that skill. Because I would really love one day when I've been risen again with Jesus, that one day I can make myself look like the rock. And then I'll just walk around like, I'm the rock. And they'll be like, wow, Tom, you look so different. I'm like, yeah, it's my resurrection body. And then the next day, I'll look like your grandpa and I'll prank you because that will be funny. And then you'll be like, grandpa, why do you look like the rock? And I'll be like, because I've got these resurrection skills. That's something that you can look forward to if you follow Jesus. If nothing else, hold on to that promise. All right. Jesus is walking along with them and he turns to them and he says, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know these things that have happened in these days? And Jesus says, what things? And they say, about Jesus of Nazareth, he was a prophet "'Powerful in word and deed before God and all the people, "'the chief priests and our rulers handed him over "'to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. "'For we had hoped that he was the one "'who was going to redeem Israel. "'And what's more, it is the third day "'since all this took place.' In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in the morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of our companions went to the tomb and found it as, just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. And he said to them, why are you guys telling me about me? No, he didn't. He didn't say that. But wouldn't that be great if he did? You know, sometimes I used to do a thing where I was... Uh, at a, a big conference and uh, we would you know, do kind of like what we had here. We would sing, and then we'd have a talk. But before that happened, to make sure everyone came into the room, we would, I would run this, um, this kind of show where we would play games, and I would play this character where I'd run the games, I would interview people. And the character I played was a guy called Donnie Jaffa. And he wore a white suit, and he had a like, black, terrible black wig. And he talked in a really high voice like this. He was like, hi, everyone. I'm Donnie Jaffa. It was great. So I would do that, and some people loved Donnie Jaffa. They are like, we love him. He is the best. He's the funniest thing ever. Other people hated Donnie Jaffa. They were like, we will not go anywhere near Donnie Jaffa. He is the worst thing ever to happen to this conference. We should get rid of him. And so I, after I was out of costume and with my wig off, I would talk to people and say, what do you think of Donnie Jaffa? And they'd be like, I hate Donnie Jaffa. He is the worst. I'm like, tell me more. What don't you like about Donnie Jaffa? Like, oh, his voice is annoying. I just want to punch him in the face. If I met him, I would punch him in the face. He is the worst. And then they look at me and, like, you're Donnie Jaffa. And I'm like, yes, I am. And they'll be like, I didn't mean it. I totally didn't mean it. I loved it. Donnie Jaffa's all right, whatever. It was so much fun getting people to tell me about me. And I suspect Jesus was having a great time at that point where they're like, oh, this Jesus guy's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, I know this. But then he knows it so much, they're about to see what he does as he goes on. He says to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. And what Jesus is saying there is he's saying that you guys haven't figured the Bible out. Didn't you know that when you read the Bible that that is talking about me, that is telling us that, that all these things had to happen, that I had to die and I had to rise again, or the Son of Man had to do it. That these things, the Messiah had to do these things because the Bible is all telling this big story about what God is doing in the world. If you just knew how to read it properly, you would discover what, G- what God is doing. If you just know where to look, you'll be able to see Jesus. The whole of the Old Testament, he's saying, is about Jesus if you just know where to look. You know, when I was uh, about sixteen, uh, my, I was living at my house with my sister, and there was another uh, another person who was um, like eighteen, living with us. It was my she was my sister's friend, and the three of us all had our birthdays around the same time. And so our friends were like, "What we're going to do? We're going to we're going to throw them a surprise party." And the thing is, some people love surprise parties. I think it's, I could think of nothing better than to have all my friends turn up and celebrate me. I, on the other hand, hate them. I'm like they are the worst because one I'm an introvert and I just don't I don't like hanging out with people that much. Like if I come home and I find there are a lot of people at my house that I wasn't expecting to be there, I get really disappointed. I'm like I just wanted to sit on the couch by myself and watch Netflix. That's all I want to do. I do not want to see people. Two, I'm an introvert and I hate parties. And if I have to go to parties and talk to people, I don't know what to talk about. Like I get, I get all awkward and people are like, you know, I'm chatting to them and then they're like, I'm gonna go get a drink, do you want one? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then they go to get a drink and then they never come back. And then I don't know what to do. I don't know how to chat to people. I don't know how to have conversations, it's the worst. So then when here I am, introvert me, has all these people unexpectedly turn up and have a party For me, I'm like, this is my worst nightmare. I do not want this happening at all. What's more, it's Saturday morning, and I want to be sleeping in, and you guys are throwing pancakes around my house. This is terrible. And so after being polite and shaking a few hands, saying, thanks for coming, I went and hid. And I went and hid in my room, and in my room I had my bed, and then next to my bed was a window, and in between the window and my bed, there was a desk that was built into the wall. And so I hid down between my bed and the desk, and I hid under there as like this kind of gangly 16-year-old me. And I was like squashed in there. And then they were looking around and like, Tom, Tom, well Tom, we're here for the party. We want to take some photos. And I said nothing. I didn't want to say, I didn't want anyone to find me because I didn't want to be in the photos. I didn't want to be at the party. I didn't want to be found at all. The truth with that party, the, the thing was all about me, but you couldn't find me. You couldn't find me unless you knew where to look because I was hiding under the bed. Well the truth is the Old Testament is a party that's all about Jesus and if you don't and if you don't know where to look you don't know where to find him but the truth is you can find him if you know where to look but he's not hiding under the bed you just have to look properly now the question you might be asking is I don't know if this is true how can we trust you Tom so I'm going to show you quickly now Jesus says that you know it started with well the Bible says it started with Moses And with all the prophets and he went and explained things and we don't know what jesus said there we don't have that bible study even though it'd be a great one to have to know what jesus said but i want to show you from a few things how we can find jesus in the old testament now do you remember those verses that we talked about before some of them were from the old testament and we're going to see if we can see jesus in them so let's go to the first one that we had you shall not murder do you remember this law Good law. Has anyone murdered anyone since we've read that law? Maybe, Maybe. Maybe. alright. Well stop it. Don't be murdering. Now, this law is a is a you know, this is a law that we can all get behind. This is a good one. We're all like, yeah, murdering's bad. Don't be don't be stabbing people, don't be you know, don't be murdering. It's a good thing, good law to have in the Bible. But what what we find is that Jesus talks about this law later on in the bible in matthew chapter 5 he says in matthew 5:21 you have heard that it was said to the people long ago you shall not murder and anyone who murders shall be subject to judgment but i tell you that anyone who is angry with their brother or sister will be subject to judgment again anyone who says to their brother or sister raka is answerable to a court and anyone who says you fool is in danger of the fire of hell has anyone been angry had their brother or sister before? <laughs> now, my guess is, my guess is that you've been angry at your brother or sister, you've been angry at your mum or dad, you've probably shouted terrible things at your cat or dog, you've probably thrown your phone across the room and made Siri unhappy. You've, You've probably... I'll just wait. You've probably done these things. And what Jesus is saying is saying, this law, you shall not murder. That's a good law. But the reason why that law is a law is because where does murder come from? It comes from the heart. And where does murder start? It starts with anger. It starts with thinking of someone as less than you, as a fool, as someone who deserves worse than you get. And Jesus is saying that not only is it wrong to murder people, but it's wrong even to hate people. It's wrong even to to be unreasonably angry at people because that's where murder comes from. And the truth is that this law is a law that we can keep, but the other law is a law that we cannot keep. It's too high. It's too much. We have all broken that law. But what the Bible shows us and what Jesus is showing us here is that these laws point us to Jesus because we say, I can't keep it, but I need someone who can. And what we see in Jesus, we have someone who was never, who never broke God's law. He did it perfectly. It says in the Bible that he fulfilled all the law and the prophets. He did what you and I cannot do. And that's important so that we might know that Jesus is someone who can live the way we cannot live and die the death that we cannot die so that we might be forgiven and set free. Here is the Old Testament pointing to Jesus. All right, let's do the next one. Do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Easy. You can easily see how this connects to Jesus, can't you? Yeah, Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Let me tell you about this. What people used to do, the reason why this is a law in the Bible is what they used to do is they used to get a a goat, and they used to get the mum, and they used to milk the mum, and then they used to kill the goat, and they used to cook the goat in its mother's milk, which is a strange thing to do. But the reason why they did that is they're like, if we do this, then it will make the gods like us. It was a fertility ritual. So it's like, if you cook the goat in its mother's milk and then maybe, you know, eat that young goat that was cooked in the mother's milk, then the gods will look down on us and say, wow, you guys are so dedicated to us. You've done the magic goat cooking ritual. You will have a lot of healthy babies. And so people are like, great, we love healthy babies. Let's do all the goat cooking and eating. And they thought that if you do the right thing, you can manipulate God to make him love you and care for you and do the right things. But what we see in Jesus is that you do not need to manipulate God to make him like you. You don't need to do magical spells to to make God love you. Now, we don't do it quite like that, but we think maybe if I read my Bible enough, God will like me. Or maybe if I go to church enough, God will love me. Maybe if if I pray enough, God will give me good marks or give me the person that I want to date or God will give me the career I want to get. Maybe if I do these things, that will make God love me. Maybe if I cook the goat in its mother's milk, God will like me. But what Jesus shows us is that we don't need to do that because God does not get manipulated by us. God, on His own accord, before we even knew He existed, came to us in His Son, Jesus, and gave His life so that we might know that we are loved. God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. You don't need to manipulate God so that you can, He can, will like you and love you. He has done everything so that you know, might know that you are loved. You are loved as you are. And if you pray, and if you read your Bible, and if you obey God's laws, you do it because you are loved, not so that He will love you. Well, let's do one, another one. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's a great verse. It's really encouraging. We love it. But what, this, what we're missing about this verse is in the book of Jeremiah, uh, the verse before it says this. This is what the Lord says, when seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfil my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, to close the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And what it was saying, what Jeremiah was saying is that you guys are gonna be taken away. The people was talking to, you're going to be taken away for 70 years, you're going to have 70 terrible years, but do not worry, because at the end of those 70 terrible years, then you will come out of this place you've been taken, and you will see that I've given you a hope and a future. But what the Bible tells us is that we have Jesus, and he went to the terrible place for us, that he wasn't kidnapped and taken away like God's people were there, but he went even to death on our behalf. So we know because Jesus went to the bad place for us, even to death, that we have a hope and a future, that we have prosperity, and it's not getting rich or getting everything you want, but it's that you have a God who loves you and will give you eternal life in Jesus if you trust in Him, because the Bible is pointing you to Jesus. Are you ready for one last one, and then we're going to finish up? Yep, because we want this one. This crazy one, now Zelophehad, the son of Hepha, the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, who had no, had no sons but only daughters, whose names were Malah, Noah, Hoglar, Mil, Mil, <laughs> Milkah, and Terzer, Joshua 17.3. What does that have to do with Jesus? Well, let me tell you. You know what's going on in that story there is that all of God's people have arrived in the land that God has promised them. And they're living in this land, and God has divided it up, saying, you guys get some of this, you guys get some of this, you guys get some of this, all the different families get some. But when it was given to the family, it was only given to the men in the families, to the men and their sons, the men and their sons, the men and their sons. But then this guy, Zelophefad, didn't have any sons. And so the daughters are like, what about us? Because we don't get any land, because our brothers and our husbands, none of them get land, so what about us? We don't have any land. And so God says to Moses in this story, he's like, you should make sure those women get land. And so so they get the land. And then they get their inheritance, the thing that they're looking forward to. Now, I know you're not thinking that much about land, but let me tell you where this ends up. That the promise of land is a promise in the Old Testament that is pointing us to the great promise that God has everything for us. That the Bible tells us that because of Jesus, we get every spiritual blessing in Christ. And you don't have to be anyone special to get that. These women in their day were not powerful people. Now, that's not how it should be, but that's how it was. But they still got given this inheritance. Now, you might feel like you are not a powerful person. You might feel like you are not the kind of person that God should love, maybe because of things you've done, maybe because of how other people have treated you, maybe because of how you think of yourself. But no matter who you are, whether you're a boy or a girl, a man or a woman whether you're rich or you're poor, no matter what country you come from, no matter who you are, the promise of the Bible is that God's love is for you and He has given you everything in Jesus if you will trust in Him. That Jesus gave His life at the cross that you might have life eternally in Him and you might have every spiritual blessing, everything that God has for you, which is the promise of God Himself if you trust in Him. This story is even pointing us to Jesus. And so the challenge for all of us tonight is to ask ourselves, will we look for Jesus in the Bible? And will we look for Jesus in our own lives? Will we say, if the Bible is all about Jesus, will I make my life all about Jesus? If God has been working since the beginning of time to let me know about Himself, then will I respond to that call? Will i give myself to the god who has been searching out his people and calling them to himself even before i existed even before the world knew that jesus existed will we give ourselves to that god so if you are a christian here tonight then there is a challenge for you in this will you stop treating the bible like it is just some quick inspiration to inspire you in the morning Or will you stop treating the Bible like it's some rules that you have to obey to make God love you? Will you stop treating the Bible like it's just a roadmap for life, like this thing is all about you? And will you start treating the Bible like this is the good news of a God who loves you no matter who you are and what you've done because you've seen it in His Son, Jesus? Will you read it so that you might know God who you meet in His Son, Jesus? Will you change how you read the Bible? Will you love the Bible because it's not really about you, it's all about Him? If you want to change how you read the Bible, if you want to actually love it because in it you meet God, then I want you to commit to doing that tonight. And the way that you can commit to doing it is turn to your youth leader, uh, you don't have to do it right now, but as soon as possible, and say, will you help me to read the Bible? When we get back to youth group, will you help me? I want to commit to reading the Bible properly like it was meant to be read. That's the challenge for you. And if you are not a Christian, then here's the challenge for you. There is a God, and He loves you. He loves you so much that He came to us in His Son, Jesus. And Jesus died on the cross, paying the punishment for our sin. He died because you have not kept God's laws. You have not been perfect as you should be. You have hated people in your hearts. You have been greedy. You have done all these things. You know it. You might not have lived up to God's standards. You know you haven't even lived up to your own standards. But in the story of the Bible, we see that there is a God and He loves you and He was willing to give His life for you at the cross. And He came back to life so that you might know that if you trust in Him, you can have life just like Him. You can rise again just like Jesus rose again as we saw in that story. Do you want that? Do you want your life to be changed forever? Do you want the forgiveness that Jesus offers? Do you want the life that goes with following Jesus that starts now and goes on for eternity? Do you want your life to be all about Jesus because you realize that in fact this world is all about Jesus? Do you want to commit yourself to that? What I'm going to do is I'm going to say a quick prayer, and if you want to commit yourself to Jesus, then I want you to say this prayer uh, in your heart to God, Uh, and then I'm going to ask you to respond uh, in a different way, but first, we're just going to say this prayer. Can we do this? All right, if you want to say this prayer, close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm going to pray. Pray it silently in your heart to God, and then we have one more way to respond, and then we're going to move on with the mic. Let's close our eyes and bow heads, and let's pray.
0: Well, that was the talk, and I hope it was helpful for you. If you want more talks, or to read my blog, or order my book, or even to book me to speak, remember to go to tomfrench.com.au. It's my home on the internet. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWFrench, or on Insta at TWFrench. And don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcast, so that other people might be able to discover it too. Till next time... Have a good one.